Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. You let me know. You won't beat the hell with call. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you let me know? You won't beat the hell with call. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Gonna, 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 yeah, gonna. Hello and welcome everybody into another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're joining us wherever you listen to podcasts, watching on the Fox Sports Arizona Facebook page, or watching on the Sun Solar Panel YouTube page, happy to have you with us. I am Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. And really excited to uh, welcome, as always, a man who dug, dubbed himself last week, Carmel Thunder. And he'll never live it down because uh, he said it on air. <laughs> It's all Brooklyn. So, how are you today? Good, my friend. How you doing? I am good, thank you. We, we got we got we got some pretty cool guests joining us today. Yeah, we, we got a couple special guests. You can see one of them on the screen right now. He's a man that, if you follow him on Twitter, he may or may not be Gerald Borgett. But when we have him in person, he definitely is Gerald. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thanks for having me in my true, authentic self form. <laughs> you can't you can't get hacked when you're uh, on video and talking live. So glad to right. have you have you here. And we do have a very special guest today. Excited to get him on the show. It's uh, Sham Sharania from Stadium and the Athletic. Uh, Shams, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to join us today. I'm Greg. You've got Saul and Gerald with us as well. How are you today? I'm good, guys. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy um, out there on the on the West Coast. Yeah, we are we are doing our best as everybody is now. Uh, let's hop right into it. Uh, I want to know what's the feel around the league and kind of the reaction to Chris Paul deciding that the Phoenix Suns were his preferred destination and, and making his way here to Phoenix. Yeah, you know, obviously once the season ended for the Oklahoma City Thunder, it became about where can can Chris Paul end up because the Thunder clearly are going in another direction. And you saw it in their in their transactions this offseason, getting rid of, you know, parting ways with Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams. So that's four starting players or key cogs of that team that ended up moving on, going to different franchises. So when Chris Paul went through the process early on, he stayed very uh, much in contact with Sam Presti. Uh, who runs the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. And they had a couple different organizations that Chris Paul would feel comfortable with. Uh, at one point, he wanted to go back to L.A., um, I'm told, and play for uh, the Clippers. Uh, obviously, the New York, uh, the, the Knicks also have a, a spot for him. Um, you know, we're a potential spot for him, given his relationships with that organization, his old agent being the guy that spearheads that franchise now. And so, you know, they looked at those two possibilities, but the Suns more and more, uh, came on strong because of their relationship with Monty Williams, Chris Paul, um, and also they had the requisite pieces in terms of contracts, draft picks to make a deal happen. And so it, 
it, it came together fairly quickly. Um, they just needed to agree upon whether it's uh, young players, um, you know, Ty Jerome going in that trade, I think was notable. Kelly Oubre going in that trade, which then allowed the Oklahoma City Thunder to flip him. So they just need to get on the same page as far as the, the, the picks and the players. But other than that, Chris Paul really had a, had a strong interest to go to Phoenix and really start to build something out with his former head coach uh, in Phoenix. Shams, Chris Paul obviously was a guy that had interest in coming here. And after that, it seemed like more dominoes started to fall for the Suns, who have been trying to turn around their culture for years now. They had that impressive bubble run. What was your level of surprise that Jay Crowder chose Phoenix over other suitors this offseason? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a surprise. More, you know, it, it was a pleasant um uh, maybe a pleasant surprise because there were several other suitors, Minnesota Timberwolves, Dallas Mavericks, uh, the Clippers also pursued Jay Crowder as well as the Miami Heat. He turned down a pretty sizable one-year deal with the Heat, I'm told, to, to go to, to Phoenix on that three-year $30 million deal. So the, the comfortability that existed with that, uh, with that deal in terms of the length of the contract, I think played a major part in it. But um, I think Jay Crowder understood that this team isn't just trying to compete for you know an 8-7 seed. I think the Suns are going into this upcoming year after an 8-0 bubble after getting Chris Potter, now getting Jay Crowder, that they want to be a team that can maybe compete for, you know, five seed home court advantage. Um, you know, when you have the type of talent that they have, those are the types of expectations and goals you set up on yourself. You know, I know the NBA is, is, is very cognizant, obviously of the pandemic going on. And uh, I think you kind of saw that in the schedule release with only releasing the first half of, of games so far this season, what kind of flexibility are you hearing that the NBA is trying to keep in mind when it comes to the schedule in its entirety? Yeah. So from a schedule perspective, uh, they've reduced travel for by by 25% for every organization. You're going to see a lot of series. You're going to see a lot of back to backs against the same team on the road or at home. So, you know, like the Magic, for example, they play the Wizards two straight times in their first three games, all, you know, both games in D.C. Um, And so that just kind of shows you what's going on around the league is that you'll have teams visit cities and play a couple games against a team. And then right back when that team comes comes back and visits you, you play two in a row against them as well. So I think you'll see a lot of series. Um, You're going to see, you know, around seven back-to-backs per team. Um, and overall, they're going to have an all-star break between March 5 and 10 for now. And I think that period will also be used to allow any makeup games, any games that they have to reschedule because of coronavirus issues. You're seeing it in the NFL. I think the NBA is monitoring the NFL, uh, you know, aggressively every single day and seeing how their protocols are going because they've had to postpone games and, and push games back. You know, that could easily be the case potentially for the, for the NBA as well. What's 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 so cool about being on the Forbes 30 under 30, man? That is dope. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys. I mean, for me, it's just you know, I, I'm I'm just honored and excited to do what I do uh for, for both companies I work at, Stadium and the Athletic. And so I try to just keep my head down to work, but you know, it's obviously great to to get any type of recognition and accolades and just lets you know you're doing you're on the right path and just gotta keep going. I just, I just, I thought, you, I thought you were in the league for a while, and then when I found out what your real age was, I was like, "No way!" I feel like he's been around for like ten years. I, I'm a lot older in basketball years, guys. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like 45, 46 years old in basketball, so you know my age is just a number for sure.
I just miss being under 30. Uh, Shams, thank you so much for taking the time on a Saturday morning to join us. Really do appreciate you. Love the work that you're doing on Stadium and with The Athletic. Keep it up, and uh, and thanks again. Thanks, guys. Be safe. Thank you. Shams Sharania from Stadium and The Athletic. Always a pleasure to get to speak with somebody with so much inside knowledge. Let that that be a lesson to everybody out there that's just now waking up and getting to the show. If you don't come on time, then you miss the big names, man. That's how we roll here. And and on a Saturday morning, Shams even bringing the suit jacket. I'm impressed with that. The whole background, the whole nine yards, man. He was was ready. ready. I think he, I think he was wearing Hawaiian shorts under uh, under you, you couldn't see but I mean it was tough enough for me to button a shirt this morning let alone find a jacket so I mean I got the sweatpants on I won't lie to you uh, yeah, Oh yeah uh, oh we all do pants yeah, Oh yeah I mean, the gray sweatpants baby <laughs> I, Th- Thomas in the chat saying Espo being so serious when you bring on a big name it's not time to joke around like I I asked Saul can I ask him since Woj has Woj bombs should he have Shams wows and and I was told, don't ask that kind of a question. So <laughs> well, well, I didn't. well, but you know, you have to adjust on the fly. And I told you what kind of time commitment, you know, Shams is a very busy guy, as we all know. <laughs> so if you looked at the timer, you would know like, oh, we had an extra minute to play with. That's on you, Espo. That's not on me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not playing that kind of game with, uh, with a big name. I mean, maybe if he comes back and he, he knows us from uh, the five minutes he spent with us, uh, I will. Uh, I'll try it in the future. I think we established uh, our street cred. I, sure. I think we did. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, thirty uh, the thirty under thirty question the way you asked it, but we'll allow it. We'll, uh, we will yeah, allow it on, it was, on a it Saturday. Was a rough, it was a rough transition. It was a rough transition. <laughs> hey, COVID thirty under thirty. <laughs> <laughs> As Espo blows his nose. That's, that's why, hey, I, I waited until Shams left. Shams left, right? And I didn't call him Shams. While he was I know. On, I had to make sure because yeah. I, was, I was told many times via text by other people, hey, make sure you pronounce it the right way. Okay, Shams. I got you. Shams. Yes. So thank you uh, for him for getting up early with us and, and tipping off the show. A busy week in Suns Hoops, which uh, – it feels like that's just been the case for the last month. We have not had had a break. Everything keeps rolling. This week was usually media day is what we call it, but as with everything in 2020, a little different this year. It was media week over Zoom as many of the Suns players met with the media and discussed this season coming up. Uh, I found it quite interesting what a lot of the guys talked about Uh in that and we'll get to the schedule after after we talk about uh, what everybody uh said this week i i think that's the the bigger topic that that we'll run with here but i i found it very interesting how locked in most of these guys are this season and how i, I feel like chris paul brought a different mindset just coming to the valley here uh, you guys both uh, were part of those calls what was your overall kind of perception uh, of where this team's mentality is going into really the the first days of training camp over yesterday and today honestly the biggest thing to me i think was not so much that chris paul brings a new mentality i think he brings new expectations but uh, something that the guys mentioned especially the new guys like etwan moore chris paul they all mentioned that they were joining a team that they wanted to be a part of because of the mentality that they showed in the bubble. Like they were impressed with 
Monty Williams, the Suns culture, the drive that they showed to just have four and a half months off and, and entering the bubble, they were one of the few teams that just looking at the standings, you didn't figure they had much to really play for. Um, but that impressed a lot of other guys, the way that they came in, took care of their business, went eight and oh. Um, so that was the thing that stood out to me was, you know, now that they're here, that these other guys are here, the expectations are raised, but you know, they kind of went into this wanting to be a part of Suns culture, which for us who have covered the team for the last 10 years, that has not been a thing at all. <laughs> well, it has been. It's just been on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, let's be honest. So what was that? What kind of stood out to you from, from what you heard this week from the team? You know, just the overall vibe. You know, I, I think, you know, each each player and each team comes into the season and they always say the kind of the same old, same old stuff like, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're playing for a championship and we're trying to get to the playoffs and we're trying to change the culture. And, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And obviously in recent history, it hasn't. Uh, but last year was a change and bringing Chris Paul, I think, really, really on, on the surface was a was an organizational push and message to everybody else that hey we are serious about trying to win um, not only playoff games but hopefully uh, get to a point where we can compete for a championship and Chris Paul is going to help us do that um, and I think that's it's a great message to send and you can feel that in these interviews you know they uh, it's it's not just Chris Paul hype it's expectation levels um, and actually uh, Mikhail Bridges actually talks about that as a guy like CP who. I know is dying to have a championship who's been like this close from being there. Um, uh, Crowder, you know, there this past year, um, you know, and then guys like book who been in the league for a while and everybody knowing what he does now, he's getting his name out there and then have another opportunity to go up another level and show people that he can win. So it's going to, we definitely have a lot of expectations to win and, win at the highest level and the ultimate goal is to be the last team standing so I know everybody is saying slow your roll for how we're talking about want to win a championship like like what else do you want us to say like you understand like we're competitors we want to win like you want us to say oh we're okay with just playoffs we're okay with making out the west like no I think everybody wants to definitely get a ring on their finger and and that's definitely going to be the goal. And that right there is what is the difference. Like we've heard them for years talk about, oh, we want to get back to the playoffs. You know, I'm done missing the playoffs. There is a mindset shift. And that is what James Jones talked about from day one when he came here was that you he wanted to – not raise the floor, but raise the ceiling, right? And now, uh, and he's done that. Now it is these guys expect to compete at the highest level. They know that they have a Hall of Fame point guard in Chris Paul who can help them do that. And I think they're starting to believe in themselves more. That that eight no bubble run, what Bonnie's instilled, they now have that additional confidence in themselves and what they can do at the NBA level. And then you get the commitment from a guy like a Chris Paul, a guy like a Jay Crowder, even an Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway to a lesser extent. You look at that, uh, and, and now they're really thinking that there's something special going on here. And that excites me the most, I think, from, from what we heard this week, is they believe, and they don't care if fans are just like, hey, we'll be happy that you get in the playoffs. <laughs> they want it all. 
And maybe they don't get, I mean, there's a good, better than good chance that they don't necessarily get there this year, but it's having that mindset that sets you up uh, in year two with Chris Paul and in the future, as these guys continue to develop, where it makes it more likely that they reach that. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. You know, I, I think Chris Paul is, a, is a, another developmental stage for this organization. Uh, without Chris Paul in the fold, and I know Ricky Rubio did a tremendous job last year um, alongside with Kelly Oubre, but Chris Paul takes you to another level, at, at least from the point guard position. Chris Paul being, we've all seen what a great point guard can do. I mean, you just look back to Steve Nash and you're just like, you know, nobody expected what he did to happen. And uh, when you bring in Chris Paul, you're hoping that maybe you won't get the same type of production, but you're going to get uh, an elevated level of production from everybody else um, tenfold. And so I, I just I'm excited to see what's going to happen on the court. I know the guys are they, they've talked several times about it. And, uh, you know, and, and we'll get to that here in a second. But um, and, and obviously, I'm going to be biased a little bit because I just I'm always going to feel like we know what Devin Booker can do. He's so explosive. He's so efficient. I want to see what's going to happen with D.A. I just I'm I'm really excited to see that. And I hope I hope we get to see the DA that we all expected to see, um, you know, a possible all star or a superstar level type player. Well, if you his excitement in in his interview this week and what he said, he's saying the right things. And if his game reaches the excitement level that he had, we're in for something pretty special. Jared, what were you, was your kind of read on on what DeAndre had to say this week? I know that uh, a lot of Suns Twitter has kind of soured on whenever DeAndre Ayton has a microphone in his hand these days because he says some outlandish things sometimes, but I was honestly impressed by what he said. Um, it seemed that was as excited as I could remember seeing him. That was as sincere about wanting to be a professional and, you know, take this seriously. He had mentioned that, um, you know, there was just that same energy in workouts that was there in the bubble that it carried over that guys are excited that they're hungry that they want to be here and work and take their craft seriously um and he mentioned you know maybe it's not the alpha mentality that you want out of a number one pick saying you know he wanted to contribute to chris paul's legacy but you know that at this stage of his career chris paul is looking to compete for championships so if he's competing to, or if he's contributing to a Hall of Fame point guard's legacy, I can't take that as anything other than a good thing. Um, so I was actually very impressed with what he had to say. He said things like this in the past. Now it's time to back it up. And, and I think Chris Paul is, if anyone can hold him to those standards, it's going to be Chris Paul. And for those of you that out there that don't know um, some of what uh, DeAndre said, we, we have two sound clips, and this is the one um, that we'll play, um, and him talking about playing with CP3 and what that means to him. Man, I've changed my game and add on so much to my game now. I get the ball wherever, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, it's just feeling Chris CP3 out. You know what I'm saying? Where he want me, you know? I get the ball wherever and score the way I've been working. And, you know, I can't wait to show my show my talents, but it's all about what this team needs. And, you know, if I roll, do I roll right away? Do I spin out this roll? Do I roll cautiously? It's like, you know, just knowing his terminology and what him and I can communicate on. And, you know, he's the leader and he's the vet, you know. If he want me to jump, I, you know, I got it. You know, that's our vet and that's our leader. So 
whatever he wants, we 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 locked and we buying in on it. No questions asked, and I'm just ready. I mean, you know, people people. You know, you, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have the superstar or the 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 future superstar that is just quiet, boring, mundane, and you want more out of him. And then when they start to speak up, you're like, oh, yeah, that's too much. He needs to just concentrate on his game and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't have it both ways. And I, for one, would much rather him talk too much than too little. I know that's anti-PR <laughs> and what probably the team would like him to just, you know, kind of tone it back a little bit sometimes, but I want to see it. That That's who we gravitate to. You know, we get to see these superstars and all these other teams and all these other sports. Why not be able to enjoy that ourselves for a little bit and understand that like DA still a young kid, you know, he's still a young guy. He's still trying to figure out his life, much less what he's doing on the basketball court. And we should appreciate that and understand that, you know, hey, Mikel Bridges has three years on him. You know what I mean? And they both came out at the same time. But Mikel's been around for a little bit. You know, he's he's been he's been through those wars and he understands like, you know, he, he's matured and D.A. still going through that ma- mature uh, process. And I just I think we should embrace that more. Well, look, these bag on it. <laughs> these are a lot of the same fans that, that just detested Tim Duncan. And the way he went about the game, and he was the ultimate "be quiet" guy and and say nothing. Uh, you know, there's a reason that that Shaq is viewed uh, as one of the greatest is because he was a showman too. And I have no problem with DeAndre Ayton, uh, the way he talks, the the passion he brings. There's an excitement when he talks. You can tell he he likes having fun with the game, wants to go out there and play, wants to improve, and he has every year he stepped on the court. The only thing I think that I hold against, that, that anybody could could point to and hold against him was a suspension, and he he has talked about that and, and said he's learned from that, and he will go out there and prove it on the court night in and night out. I have no problem with anything he said. I actually really loved how excited he is to have Chris Paul and work with Chris Paul. And, and as Gerald said, be part of his legacy going forward. That, that excitement uh, is, is something that I, like you saw, want to embrace. Uh, Gerald, uh, it's fine if you're on the other side of the fence. Uh, we'll just uh, cut your mic off after you say it. But, <laughs> but it, where do you land on this? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think, you know, in the, the thing that really bummed me out was after the suspension, you would hope that he learned the lesson and then he had missed that COVID test. That was something that I think people had a right to be concerned about. But I really do think, you know, if if it wasn't for that suspension, we would have seen a really terrific year from DeAndre Ayton last year. If you just think about the way that he mentally progressed on the court as far as being a defender, being aware on that end of the floor, he made real leaps and strides on that end. And that is essential for the Suns' long-term goals for his ability to be on the floor late in a playoff game down the road. Um, I thought, you know, if it wasn't for that 25 games that he had to miss, we would be talking about DeAndre Ayton a lot differently now. You know, obviously the suspension did happen. We can't just, you know, blot it from our memories. (laughs) But this is, you know, this is gut check time now that he has Chris Paul, now that he has an elite point guard like Ricky Rubio was a very good point guard, but this is, you know, a definitive upgrade in that sense. He has two very good distributors who can feed him the ball inside. He showed in the bubble that he can now shoot three pointers. 
it's time to eliminate that kind of mid-range dependency that he has from time to time and feast. He's, he mentioned it in his media interview as well, that having all these shooters is going to open up room for him to quote dunk on people. A lot of people took that and ran with it and said, okay, well, you mean, you know, nicely lay the ball into the hoop. No, like we need to see him. We need to see him dunk the ball. Now we need to well, see him be that beast in the middle. So we'll see what happens. Let's hear it from DeAndre himself. Well, seeing all these shoes on the team is going to be a lot of space to dunk on people. You know what I'm saying? To really go by people to really work what I want to work on. So me shooting, I can shoot, but I got so many shooters on the team. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm going to get a couple of here and there trails on pop, but man, I got dudes on the team that's really, certified snipers i wonder what the <laughs> sniper certification process is like it it is vast and and it's a lot of chucking in, in the gym for sure i you know it uh, daryl Morey, i think is the one that issues those certifications based on the way his teams play but look i what i love about about those two clips is he he's basically saying uh, I will go wherever Chris Paul tells me to go because if there's ever a point guard that knows where to get a big man the ball, it's Chris Paul. Think about what he's going to do just from De for DeAndre in terms of that aspect of his game, helping him know what the right decision in the right uh, in the right space is. I mean, I, that's going to be what's going to take DeAndre to the next level this season, and. Hopefully he will be dunking on guys and dunking on nobody because he'll get in positions that he's never seen before because he you have to you have to guard Chris Paul on that mid-range game, right? In that pick and roll, which I believe DeAndre talked about this as well during during his session, but you can't cheat on that, right? You have to you have to guard Chris Paul. He can score. Unlike Ricky where the jump shot was questionable, you're not backing off Chris Paul. So that's going to open the floor immensely for Aiton. And then you also have Devin Booker and, and the rest of this team that can shoot three surrounding him. This, this is going to change the spacing and what DeAndre is going to be able to do uh, should be very exciting to even the harshest of critics for him. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are excited about CP3. CP3 is excited to be here. Um, but you kind of touched on a point earlier, you know, in order to make the influence that you need to on the court, you need to have the trust of everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, mainly the head coach. Uh, and Monty Williams talked about, you know, CP3 and because he's such a, you know, he's an elder statesman in this league, obviously, and um, he has so much experience and their relationship, he earned, he's earned the right to really dictate what goes on, especially on the court. Well, firstly, I think there's this negative negative connotation with demanding from your teammates. Like I think all great players, all good players, in one way or another, demand from their team. Um, I was around Tim Duncan for years, and he demanded of his teammates. He, he may have done it differently, but when you see a guy like Tim in the gym, every day working like he does puts a lot of pressure on you to, to step it up. Uh, some guys do it that way. Some guys do it verbally and, and some guys do it with action. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think as we all grow in these roles, we figure out how to demand. And I think that's an area where Chris is, has matured and matured and grown and, and understands, uh, 
the personalities of the people that he plays with, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, this year it's nothing given everything earned. That's, that's the mentality this team's going to have. And when you add CP three, you add Jay Crowder uh, and you have Monty Williams coming back for year two. I don't think anybody's slacking in, in practice or in anything that this team's going to do because they're not going to allow it. And there was a lot of talk about the mentality in the bubble and how they went eight. No, it was, they were locked in that whole time. Uh, and they looked at it as every game, which they had to was the most important game of the year. And I think you're going to see that kind of laser focus again, especially in the early part of this year, because it's so important to build that chemistry right out the gates because it's such a compressed schedule, which we'll get to uh, in a little while. But th that excites me. There is accountability across the board with, with a team where last year, obviously the year before, it was more young guys and about fun and I still think they'll have fun, but this is going to be a much more focused group this year. Yeah, it's it's a lot more fun when you're winning. And it was interesting <laughs> to hear Chris Paul talk about, you know, get asked questions about what he demands of guys and elevating teammates' games. And he basically said, look, I'm here to be their teammate also. Like, I'm not just here to teach a bunch of youngsters. We're here to compete. Um, they can teach me a lot, too. I'm always learning in this league, which is the type of mentality – that kind of leadership that you want to show for the rest of a young group that here's this hall of famer, 36 years old, who is still learning things every day. So if you're not taking your craft seriously and trying to learn every day, you're not doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'd love to, I'd love to know what DeAndre Ayton's going to teach Chris Paul. Maybe maybe he'll, <laughs> teach him, maybe he'll teach him how to hit those sticks a little bit better. Also, can we, uh, can we get Monty a tripod? I love I mean, Monty. For real, right? I, was the iPad laying on the table? That was a I weird I, angle. I feel like maybe you know on Monday, you know, everybody kind of woke up and we're like, oh man, we got media day. Uh, oh, <laughs> we, we we're not set up yet. So they just said, hey, coach, just do it from your house. And he he had his iPhone probably propped up and. We got the nostril cam going, and I'm like, "Come on, coach, we, we can we can do better than this." We have been doing zooms for like nine months. We should be better than this by now. Come on, sons, let's go. Ma Monty, I will I will personally send you some of our Fox Sports Arizona crack experts to to head over there and help and help you with the camera angle. Now, I I love everything that the money has to, has to say. Like I would I would sit through an eight hour leadership seminar with Monty Williams, even if the camera angle was pointed at the floor. That's how much I enjoy <laughs> listening to Monty Williams. Yes. yes. Saul, so, I think we have an Etwan Moore clip you were telling me. We as do. Well. He, you know, he's talking about his, his competitiveness uh, or just he's looking forward to the competitiveness of practice. And, and I think um, I think they've officially started practice now, but it, they, they're still doing individual workouts. Um, so they're practicing, but they're not really practicing yet as a whole group. I think that's coming. Um, also, I just want a selfish plug. Uh, we do have some really cool content coming up this upcoming week, uh, or actually in the coming weeks. Uh, we do have some one-on-one -on -one interviews with some of these players um, for our Fox Sports purposes, uh, which obviously we will take advantage of here on the show. But uh, yeah, Etwan more talking about the competitiveness and how much he's looking forward to being along with the group. Uh, I definitely think it'd be highly competitive. You know, when you got so many guys that's talented and everybody can play. And, um, you know, we had a long layoff and those guys excited and happy to be back also, you know, so wanting to be here and wanting to um, play, you know, that's, that's um, very huge. So 
Um, I think Pratt is going to be good. Um, you know, just got to take it one day at a time, and every guy going to be important, and we're going to need everyone. Uh, I think the deepest, deeper teams uh, always prevail in the end. So I think that's going to be um, one of our strengths. I also kind of want to circle back before we we just kind of rode this wave out on Chris Paul. Um, there was a couple of comments uh, from Devin Booker that I thought were were poignant, especially when it came to Chris Paul and um, how excited he is to have him uh, be in the fold. So I, I just wanted to get to Devin real quick. I think he said yesterday, you know, we about, we'd be about to fight sometimes. But, you know, I think that's just two competitors going at it um, and, and trying to win the game. And you know, at the same time, doing anything for, for your team to win. Um, and if that's not being friends with your with your friends at the time while you're in between the lines, then, you know, those are the lines you have to cross. But, you know, I mean, he's an ultra competitor um, and he's been for, for many long years. That's why he has the resume that he has. Um, but his leadership, you know, even in his short time here, just the camaraderie of bringing everybody together and, you know, keeping everybody aware and locked in, you know, just his presence around the team just makes you want to work that much harder. And Chris Paul did talk about fighting. Uh, and, and and I just, I mean, you could, you know, the, the, the history of Chris Paul and the reputation he has. And when Chris Paul was talking about it, I just was like, that doesn't surprise me at all. He's not only like talented, you know, like he's a dog, you know what I mean? Like he's really competitive. Like I know book, like no book. And when we hoop and play against each other, we'd be about to fight. <laughs> and they'd be about to fight a lot of times. Um, and looking at the staff, you know, uh, Monty uh, is an unbelievable person. You know what I mean? Like human being, aside from being a great coach. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of things here. Um, Willie Green, who uh, is going to be my assistant coach, but has been like a brother to me, you know, over my career, uh, James Jones, uh, all the different pieces, uh, DeAndre Ayton. And then it got even better once we got Crowder, Etwan Moore, and all these different guys. So I'm, I'm really excited. Well, look, I, I think what both Devin and Chris said there, I think we're on first name uh, basis with uh, with Chris Paul. So uh, oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Chris, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> what what they said goes back to what each one more was talking about and just how intense and, and how good these practices are going to be. Right. Because you're going to have Jay Crowder going head to head with Devin Booker uh, and, and Crowder's been, had a front row seat for when Devin's gone off numerous times or when he was with the jazz, when he was with the Celtics, uh, he was guarding Devin for some of those. And, and you know, that, that that's got to eat at him a little bit, that they'll have battles in practice. You're going to have Javon Carter, who was the, the defensive bulldog last year, uh, having to go to Chris Paul's school. He's going to have to guard him in, in practice. And you know, uh, Paul and and Booker, Chris and Booker are going to wind up matching up uh, in practice as well. The intensity level in those is going to go up a notch, which is going to do nothing but help them at game days, you know? And I don't think, I don't think we're going to hear, Hey, they got into fisticuffs in practice, but I think we're going to hear guys are chirping at each other and chirping oh, quite a bit. Hey. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. Hey, Hey, I don't know about not fighting. I know you, cause <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, in, in any competitive, you know, sport, you know, you've been in those situations where there's there's another dude that's on that court or on that field that's just trying to prove something or trying to get his way every single time. And at some point, you're just like, all right, man, that's enough. 
like, and then you go at it and then it's all over and you're all good and you move on because you're on the same team. But I want to see those practices. You know, everybody talks about like the 92 dream teams, like whatever, you know, I want to see these practices. I want to see how these go. I want to see how Chris Paul and Devin Booker go at each other because you just know that when they square up in practice, it's going to be something to watch. That Saul speaking like a man that didn't play good defense in practice. I never, oh, I dude, never I was got the worst defensive be- player in the history of look, basketball. I promise you that. That's my Bill Walton quote for the day. Look, guys, guys never got theirs on me in practice. So I don't. That, that was that was because the coach kept me on the bench. So nobody can nobody can drop uh, fifty in practice when you're not practicing. So, uh, so yeah. But no, I think you're right. I these practices would be worth the price of admission just to see. How how they go about this? It's going to be uh, something that that is is going to be fun. I mean, what is it? The old uh, you know iron iron begets iron. Basically, you're going to sharpen each other because uh, in those practices that, that that's exciting. And I you know and I joke about uh, Jay Crowder having a view, but I mean basically when he guarded Devin Booker, it was like he was looking out at scorched earth and the apocalypse in front of him because it was never, it was never a good thing. And you know, that's going to upset. That had to have upset him. He even took to Twitter uh, after a couple of those games. So, you know, that they're just going to, they're going to chirp at each other too. Like imagine uh, just not even, not even the physicality, but the talk that's going to go on in these practices. The, the amount of talk is going to be great. Uh, that oh, yeah. guess that uh, guess perplexed damage in the chat says at Espo pass me the water bottle. They didn't even trust me with the water. The All right, that, or were you yeah. the hold me back guy? I, yes, <laughs> but I, I was the guy on the, uh, yeah on the bench uh, that to make sure nobody goes anywhere during a fight. Like that was that was me. Oh so, yeah, and, and in football I was the guy that had to run out and get the tea. So not an illustrious athletic career. Let's just say that. <laughs> Well, that's not why people are here to hear about my exploits in high school being a really or lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, Carmel awesome. Thunder. We know you. Uh, you had some game back in the day. Yeah, but, a long time ago. A long <laughs> any, time ago. Any final thoughts on Media Week or the the Zoom conference call that never ended? Whatever we're calling it this week. Uh, sure, we sure. Yeah. Or so yeah, we I'm can sorry. start with you. We have some clips that I'd like to show. Uh, you know, in case people missed them this week. You know. Um, First of all, going back to the whole DACP3 relationship, uh, Chris Paul has obviously had a lot of history when it comes to big men and especially throwing lobs. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Clint Capella, so on and so forth, uh, Blake Griffin. And he talked a little bit about his relationship with DA and how he hopes that they can develop together and how they will develop together. I think that's a very important relationship, right, with, with the big man, especially the pick and roll and things like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I got a chance to see him working out a little bit today. I'm excited to get out there on the court to find out, you know, where he likes the ball, you know, um, it started my rookie year. It was PJ Brown. (laughs) PJ Brown was my, my big, so it wasn't no lives then. Then came into my second year. That's when I got Tyson Chandler and we started doing all those lives and all that stuff. And then I got with Deandre Jordan and I remember that. Like it was yesterday, cause DJ, DJ couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time back then. I can say that though, cause that's like that's that's like my brother. It's one of my closest friends. But uh, it was a process. Like I remember staying after practice with DJ, and we was like practicing those lives where he act like he come to set a screen, and then he just take off to the rim. Um, 
And, you know, same thing, Clint Capella, you start doing that, try to figure it out with Steven Adams. So I'm excited to do that with, uh, with DA and, uh, and young fella sticks. I mean, thoughts, Gerald. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he alluded to it also that they had to put in extra time after practice to get the timing of some of that stuff, right. And, uh, that's where I'm interested to see the kind of effect that he could have on Deandre and to, you know, teach him like, Hey, staying after practice and working on some of this stuff is, is a good thing. It's something that you need to do or should do. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see the timing on that, especially because, you know, Aiton has already had great passers in his career with Rubio, with Devin Booker. Now you're adding an all-time great one at it who also has that, you know, that diehard work ethic. That's going to rub off on him, I hope. I love that that CP3 brings up sticks too, Jalen Smith. I think we're going to see some tremendous dunks. A lot of people are like, oh, he's not going to get the minutes. Jalen Smith is going to wind up earning himself minutes just with his athleticism and his range. And and I what he's going to be able to do, even if it's just in practice with CP3 on those lobs, is going to earn him minutes because we saw the clips from Maryland. This guy is is athletic as all get out. I'm excited to see that. I'm really excited, probably irrationally so, to see what sticks can do on the lobs. <laughs> I'm I'm excited too. I, I don't, you know, I think. None of us, and I don't care what you say, unless you're just that super diehard fan, watched every Maryland game possible, okay? It just didn't happen. Unless you're you're a Maryland alum, okay, then I understand that. But, you know, we were all shocked when Jalen Smith's name popped up on the board. So to be able to see this kid play at this level, see what he's all about, how he's going to develop, especially alongside Aiden, because let's just say what it is. If DA has a great year and Jalen Smith shows that potential to be a a superstar – you might have just walked into a, a phenomenal th- uh, trio. I was going to say threesome. I didn't want to say threesome. Trio <laughs> um, with uh, DA, Jalen, and Booker when the CP3 era is over here in two years. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, having Twin Towers Part 2, I, I, I'd sign up for that all day, every day. Yeah, I bet, I bet you didn't know that those new jerseys that they have, the V is silent on them. It's the alley now. Is uh, It's all about the alley, and uh, hopefully these big men can bring the oop on the on the other end of it. So. Also, I did think it was funny this week that uh, when Devin Booker was talking, uh, Greg Moore, I believe, uh, from AZ Central, asked him a question about Cam Johnson possibly being the best shooter on the team. Uh, <laughs> Devin Booker was like, uh, not so fast. Man, tell him I got the three-point trophy, man. <laughs> So I'm first, second, and third. Once Cam gets over there, we'll talk to him, man. No, nah, I'm kidding. Cam has, Cam has a stroke, man. You watch it. Come, he's one of those guys that you watch it come off his hands, and every time you think it's in. Um, so it's perfect, perfect release, great height on it, great arc. Um, and you see the improvements that he made in the short amount of time just from the season to the bubble. Um, so he's coming into his own. And, yeah, I see him on the other end shooting. It looks good, but – I wouldn't take it that far, Greg. Yeah, like, oh, whoa, whoa, check yourself now. Don't forget who you're talking to. <laughs> I just appreciate that you made it clear that that was Greg Moore and not me that asked the question since he ends it with, uh, with what he said. Uh, although you could probably cut that and, and drop that every time you just kind of shake your head at what I, what I say too. But And uh, I, know it, I know it's pretty obvious too, by the way, but, I mean, Devin Booker's just a cool dude. Like, just even – just like the way he talks and the way he comes across, I'm like – Man, 
Some some people are just born with it. You know what I mean? Like I am not. I do not have that kind of smooth in me we whatsoever. Know. Yeah, everything. I appreciate that, Greg. I appreciate I, I lo- that. We Thanks, do know Greg. that you're trying hard with the purple backlights and everything to give the smooth vibe. But oh, well, I mean, no, you that's know. the that's the sexy vibe. Now, I didn't say I wasn't sexy. Now, come on, now. He, he almost walked into a threesome this morning. <laughs> hey now, whoa! Um, for hey, those tuning whoa. in, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> oh well, I, I think I think Media Week has gotten me even more more excited and i didn't think that uh, that anything else could get me amped more this week and then they dropped the schedule on all of us which uh which it just it's just a lot this week and uh, the schedule they dropped the first half the first 36 games of the season so it takes us through december 23rd when the sun start through i believe it's march 2nd which is right around the all-star break or the faux all-star break since there won't be a game uh, who knows if we'll get a nba 2k all-star game or something like that but uh, uh so we see the schedule right I'm, and I'm trying to me, to, i'm trying to pull the schedule uh, but i cannot find a picture of the schedule that, i cannot find it anywhere that, i don't know what happened so this is where prep work comes in well, so dude, i was trying man <laughs> <laughs> the picture you sent me didn't even work, and I was like, I, "Oh man!" Well, I wasn't saying use that picture; it was just a graphical representation in the document, so I could see it. I got I'm you. half I'm half blind here. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> sun schedule out uh, first thirty six games. I think the thing that stood out to me most, and I think a lot of people will agree with this, is that there were basically a third not a basically the math says a third of the schedule will be national te- nationally televised games 12 which games is, which is amazing to me not because uh, of 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 where the games will be shown because you can always watch the games on Fox Sports Arizona, the home of your Phoenix Suns. How about that drop for you? So there you go. (laughs) Uh, But these 12 national TV games, what it says to me is respect has finally come back to Phoenix. Uh, Did that surprise you guys as well with how many of the national games? Jared, we can start with you on that one. I think it did actually. I mean, you know, four of them are NBA TV games, so that's like kind of national, but just having five ESPN games, four TNT games, like that is different from the one or the zero that we've had to watch over the last few seasons. Um, I, I think it's not just about respect either, it's just relevance too. Like the Suns were one of the best teams to watch in the bubble. And that's including the fact that after the first couple of weeks, they weren't even a part of it anymore. Like people still remember the bubble suns, even as we progressed into the playoffs and to the finals, um, which was really cool for a change. So um, you throw in Chris Paul, you throw in Jay Crowder, the fact that Devin Booker's on the rise, he, you know, made the most of his stage in the bubble. Um, I, I think it's very cool. And I wasn't that surprised, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think I was surprised. I think you're right. The bubble set up people being quite interested in the Phoenix Suns and style of play, and then adding Chris Paul uh, obviously added another level of intrigue from a national level. And you'll see that they're they're going to get more attention than than we're used to over the last decade, and rightfully so. They earned that in multiple ways between their off season. Uh, and that bubble play. So, but now they're going to have to prove it because there's no hiding. There's no, 
uh, you know, if, if you're going to have bad nights, uh, don't make them those 12 that you're on national TV, because that's going to, that's going to craft the perspective perception of you nationally, because that's when a lot of these people are, are going to see you uh, the only times they're going to see you, uh, and even some of the national media. So the storyline about the Suns, at least in the first half is going to travel through those 12 games nationally. No, I totally agree. I, you know, I think, I would have liked to see them play on Christmas night. And one of the uh, the people, uh, I think, Perplex uh, brought that up. You know, they should have been on Christmas night. I, I feel like that, too, um, just because I feel like the Suns are one of those teams that has some buzz going on about it. And you want to get to them early because uh, you don't know what's going to happen in a season. Uh, I mean, look at Golden State. You know, you, you thought Clay was going to be back and now he's gone. You know what I'm saying? So you want to get those the, those types of teams up early because you want people to get excited about the youth in the league. And Devin Booker and D.A. are definitely the youth of the league and the future. So, you know, I, I would have liked to see them play on, on on Christmas night. But outside of that, I think the, you know, what, what Sham said about back-to-backs um, on the road uh, and, and those types of things, that's going to be <clears throat> very interesting to see how teams match up it's almost like a semi-playoff format, if if you will, you know, where teams used to play back-to-backs um, on the road, or and then turn around and, and come back home. So we're we're kind of throwing it back a little bit with these uh, with this schedule. Well, you bring up back-to-backs. The Suns have nine of them in the first half of of this schedule, and what makes it interesting to me is how do you handle Chris Paul? In those situations, how much is load management taken into account into account? Because last year, only 14 percent of the schedule was played in back to backs for the league as a whole. In the first half that they released, that's up to 19 percent because you have to truncate the timetable in which you're playing these uh, 72 games because you're starting later. Uh, So how would you guys handle the idea of load management in the first half of the season with so many back to backs for the Suns? I, I think this is ahead, this Jim. is one of the big takeaways for me at Media Day was Etwan Moore mentioned it and a couple other guys too that the Suns' depth is going to come. It's going to be a big factor for them, not just because of the truncated season and all the back to backs, but also because guys are going to be in and out of the lineup with positive COVID tests. Like it's just going to happen. We've seen it with NFL. We've seen it with MLB. If they're traveling, if they're not in a bubble. Like you're probably going to have some guys that have to sit out. Having that depth all the way up to your 12th or 13th man on the roster with the, the way that they do with Galloway, with Etwan Moore, Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, like that's going to be big for them. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like when it comes to Chris Paul and managing his minutes, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he – he played a significant amount of games last year, but he always misses like that 10 to 15 games. So I, I think with some of those back-to-backs, especially, you know, like early in the season when there's Sacramento and Sacramento, maybe you consider resting him for the second night or the first night, depending. But Or both since it's Sacramento. So. <laughs> oh, poor Sacramento. But yeah, I, I think that's something you definitely monitor, especially because you have all of this depth. You have guys that are capable of stepping into the lineup. Um, you know, maybe it's a little too early to start thinking that way because the Suns are a team that has a lot to prove to make it back into that playoff field. But um, I, I think if the Suns start off strong, then that's when you really start to consider giving him a little bit more of a breather and managing that load. 
Yeah, you know, I think as 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 the season goes on, the depth is going to be the most important part for this team. Uh, we saw last year, uh, you know, spots where you know depth was an issue, and uh, and especially early in the season, you know, I mean, right after game one, Da goes out, and that's and you lose them for twenty five games. Um, but I, I will say that this team just feels different because of the depth and, and how, and, and the, and more than that, the firepower of the depth, we saw campaign come off the bench during the bubble and have some amazing games. And honestly, in one or two of those games, he essentially saved the Suns from losing the games because he got them back into the flow, saved it. Uh, I think uh, there was, uh, there was a game where Devin Booker was in foul trouble, picked up like four fouls. And then all of a sudden picked up his fifth at like the beginning of the fourth quarter and campaign came off the bench and saved that game. And so uh, watching that and seeing Javon Carter come back, uh, Dario Saric come back, uh, who's another uh, you know figure that I think people – he's just a different style. And that's the other thing about this is not only do you have depth, but you have different styles so the Suns can attack you in a, in a variety of different ways so your game plan can't just be focused on one or two things. You have to think about all 10 guys that could possibly touch the court and how they play and how they play together and what their roles are. Yeah, for me, looking at the back-to-backs and, and the load management, I wonder if the Suns will go a different way. Rather than sitting Chris Paul in, in strategic games, limiting minutes in back-to-back games, limiting minutes throughout the season for Chris Paul. So you never go a game completely without him, but you are strategically choosing how often you're playing with him, which the depth will allow that as well, because CP3 is not a guy you're playing 40 minutes a night, especially not at, at 35 and traditionally throughout his career, he becomes uh, more ineffective at, at that point anyway. So maybe it's more of a, looking at how many minutes you're playing him and staggering that uh, throughout, depending on the games. I, I don't know. Uh, well, there is a lot of depth here. I don't know that it's, it's enough where you can take a complete night off numerous times throughout the season without Chris Paul. Uh, it, it changes, it changes the dynamics because you're either starting Javon Carter or campaign. It means Langston Galloway, rather than focusing on shootings, going to have to focus in, ball handling, you're shifting Booker's focus to being a main distributor rather than – I think it gets messy, and, and that could cause some problems here if you're, if you're not getting creative with how you're, how you're making sure Chris Paul's minutes stay in check. But, you know, I think that's – obviously the load management thing started with, I think, LeBron, and then Kawhi really took it to heart and, and maxed out that stuff. Um, but uh, these guys play in the offseason every day. You know what I mean? And and when you go play pickup ball at the gym, you don't just go for like 30 minutes, okay? Like we all know it's it's a two, three, four hour sesh. Like, and so these guys are they're gonna be fine. You know, yeah, you're worried about the wear and tear on Chris Paul. Um, the NBA is a different game than pickup ball. You know, obviously you can't just relax uh in an NBA game because you're gonna get torched. Um, whereas when you're playing pickup ball, you know, you can take a you can take a couple of runs up and down the court off. Um, so it's a little bit different, but still, like th- these guys are running up and down the court all the time and they're playing physically. Uh, if you've seen highlights, you know, on, on uh, Ball's life and, 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 and Hoop's life and stuff like that. So um, I'm not too concerned about that. I am, I think that they will limit the minutes more than they will just strike a guy off the court and not let him play a one whole night. CP3 is a little bit different. You got with the vet, you got to trust how he's feeling. 
And if he tells you, you know, coach, I, I, I can't go tonight, man. I just, you know, my hamstring's a little tight or whatever. Okay, cool. Take the night off. We'll see you tomorrow or whatever. But um, I think they're probably going to slide towards that limiting minutes or cutting down minutes and trying to get as much out of that depth as possible. That, that's what's going to pr- uh, predict or that's what's going to determine everything, right? If the bench is able to produce at a high level, then you don't have to play your starters so many minutes. It sounds obvious, but it, it's just it's just what it is. Um, if that bench doesn't produce, you're going to be leaning on Booker and CP3 and DA a lot a lot longer, and uh, that's when the risk um, comes into play. Uh, by the way, is there a worse term in sports than load management? It is the the worst <laughs> term in in sports uh, overall for for a myriad of reasons. I, back to the schedule, the one thing that that stands out the most to me. And I don't know if I'm reading into this too much. So keep me in check. If I am guys, not that I doubt that you will. And the chat will most certainly give me (laughs) grief if I am wrong, but uh, looking at it, it's 20 home games, 17 road games to, to start the year. Right. And, uh, or 16, I may have the math wrong there, but more home games than road games to start the season which means you're going to have more home games in a time where fans or at least lim- likely won't be in the building or only very limited fans. So the home court advantage isn't really there. Second half of the season, when you're hopefully making a playoff run and, and jockeying for position in the Western Conference, there's a chance that fans are going to be in these sta- in these arenas and you're going to have a heavier road uh, schedule at that point. Do you think that comes into play, or am I just reading way too much into into the schedule because I just want basketball back that bad? Well, Gerald, you can, you can my, start. You can see by my facial expression, yeah. Gerald, <laughs> Gerald I, should start. <laughs> I, I think maybe a little bit. I, I think once fans are back in the building, I think these guys are just going to be so excited to have actual fans <laughs> that like it's not going to matter. And we've seen it before. Devin Booker, for you know whatever reason, plays much better on the road. And Chris Paul is, you know, guys have been calling him this all week, but he's a dog. He's got that mentality. He doesn't mind coming into your building and, and silencing fans. So I don't think it matters as much for a team that, I can't believe I'm saying this about the Suns now, but is mentally tough. <laughs> like, I don't think it matters as much. I, I think they'll just be excited to have people back in the building and, um, you know, it's not a huge discrepancy between the number of home and away games yeah. between the first half and the second half. Just as a side note, uh, wings have entered the chat now. Uh, so the fellas For- and wings are uh, alive and well in the chat. Which, which wings? I'm just uh, kidding. Let- we, we, we don't have a sponsorship. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, uh, well, you know, going back to the schedule, um, no, I don't think it matters at all. I, I just – it doesn't matter at all. You know, I mean, look at the like the Cardinals, for instance. They went on the road and they played at Dallas. And Dallas had 20,000 fans, which is more than just about every other team will allow in the stadium. Um, and they got excited. They got excited yeah. from it. They were like, well, we haven't seen fans in almost a year. So I think the same thing will, will, will happen with the Suns. You know, they'll be hyped up. They're used to playing in front of fans. And when they come back, they'll be used to playing them again. And it'll be exciting, you know. So playing on the road. You know, you got, let's say they have another 37 games on the road or 36 uh, or 36 games, but, you know, most of them are on the road. I don't think that's going to really be that big of a deal because we're talking about what a four game swing either way. Like, it, it's not a big deal. 
duly noted. My schedule analysis sucks. All right, good to know. <laughs> uh, game. Last thing on the schedule before we uh, we move on. Games that stick out for you guys. For me, it's it's game one. Uh, you're playing obviously the Dallas Mavericks with he who shall not be named right out the gates on national television. And I get it. It's game one, but, uh, and even in bad season, sometimes you make a statement, but I think you need to come out and, and show yourself, especially if you're Deandre Ayton and show that connection with Chris Paul right out the gates. I am super excited for this. I'm sure. And I haven't confirmed with anybody, but I'm just going to say it here because well, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm sure we'll be doing a post post game show, a, a super late night edition of the sun solar panel after that opening game. But for me, that one sticks out, but what, what sticks out to you guys in the first half of the schedule? Saul, we well, can start with you. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that first game against the Mavs is cool and all, but they're not going to have Christoph's Porzingis um, in the early going. So, um, yeah, DA should definitely show out in that game. Um, outside of that, you know, it's it's the Lakers for me. It's always going to be the Lakers for me because that's that's the cream of the crop. And you want to see how, you, how you're going <clears> to <throat> – how the Chris Paul effect is really going to play when it comes to the Lakers, how much of a difference he can really make. Last year they had a couple competitive games, but for the most part, you know, it, 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 when it came down to the end of the game, like it wasn't really close. So you want to see them have an opportunity to close that window and that gap between themselves and the Lakers. And um, that's what I want to see. I want to see how close they are. I want to see the games that stand out to me the most. Um, obviously, the Golden State game because of the Kelly Oubre factor, but just also the fact that that's a team that kind of like the Suns, we think they'll be a playoff team. We just don't know exactly where in the playoff field they'll fit. So that probably means there'll be a team that the Suns might be jockeying for position with. So all of these established playoff teams like the Warriors, uh, the Nuggets, who might have taken a step back by losing Jeremy Grant and by losing Torrey Craig, um, teams like that, the ones that the Suns are going to be competing with are the ones that stand out. And then there's that seven-game homestand in February against a bunch of Eastern teams. They've got the Celtics coming, the Bucks coming, the Sixers and then the Nets, um, that's a good chance for the Suns to kind of be comfortable in their own building, whether they're fans or not, and uh, and improve their record. All right, Pr- prediction time. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to actually <laughs> give a record for the first uh, half of the season. I just simply want to know, opening night, national television at home against the Mavericks, are we seeing the the valley slash alley jerseys and the court uh, making their first appearance? What are your thoughts, Saul? Give me a prediction. Yes, I think so. <laughs> you gotta start the you gotta start the season off with a bang, man. Yeah, do it. I sure yeah. hope so. I hope so. That would be incredible. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do some virtual wings with the fellas and uh, and see that on opening night. Also, preseason coming up that starts next Saturday, December twelfth at Utah, and then the fourteenth at Utah again. Uh, then two against the Lakers at home on the sixteenth and the eighteenth. You can catch all the action on Fox Sports Arizona and the Fox Sports Go app. Uh, we are very excited to be watching those games, and uh, thanks to the Fox Sports Arizona group and the Sun. For, for ensuring that our first look at the Suns isn't game one of the season. It's uh, game one of the preseason. We appreciate it. Uh, this should be quite exciting. Yeah, no, 
<clears throat> I know that there has been a there was a, a lot of talk about the NBA bubble and how the transmission feeds were. Um, you know, they called it a world feed. Um, so largely, what what happens behind the scenes is both teams essentially their their production crews have the same view of everything. Um, then it's up to you to kind of manipulate that however you will. Um, and so each team essentially is going to be responsible for producing that world feed for those two teams. Um, so, you know, it used to be back in the day, you would send a couple production people out and they would, you know, run the, run the show at, at a, at a, a visiting truck, but, uh, that is not the case anymore. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things work and, uh, how they produce these games. I know ESPN has been doing that this whole season with everything and, um, you know, and Fox is no different and it's uh, been fun to watch. And I, and I, I want to give a shout out to, to everybody at not only the regional sports networks, but in at all the networks for the amazing job that they have done to produce these games in the middle of a pandemic, um, if you've ever been in a production truck and you're claustrophobic, you wouldn't last. It's just, it's a tight space. Um, and what they've done to space everybody out and, and really take safety precautions and really limit um, the spread of this um, has been amazing. And you don't even, you can't even tell really on these productions. So shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. Big, big shout out, especially uh, to Sun's crew, Bob Adlock and the crew. They do a great job. As well, uh, Saul. I believe uh, it's time for your segment. Do do, do we have one? Uh, here oh, we go. Yeah, baby. This is a verbal one, baby. This Ooh. we're gonna keep this simple. Uh, you know, I, I just was feeling the big men this week. You know, I was like, all right, I I, I want to see some more. Yeah, I miss I miss watching the big fellas uh, pound down there in the paint. So I was thinking, what is worse, Shaq's acting career or Shaq's music career? <laughs> well, the the real answer is Shaq's free throws, but we knew that that wouldn't be fair. It's Shaq's acting career, like Ooh. like music music. All right, you know it's three minutes. I can last through a three minute song, but you want me to sit for an hour and a half and watch whatever the heck Kazam was or whatever it was called? Hey, like, Blue Chips was know, pretty good. But that wasn't a Shaq movie. That had like a million people as well as actual actors in that movie, right? Blue no. Chips does not count. We're talking Kazam and what any of the other it was all trash. Let's be let's be honest, Brody in the chat. It was all trash. Like we're you're asking me to pick between uh, between a pinto and a pinto here. Come on. Not, don't don't get upset because of the question. Just answer it. I did. It's just movies. I'm not sitting through an hour and a half worth of trash. I'll take three minutes of punishment for my ears and give my eyes. Would a you break. rather have Jack's free throw shooting ability or have his feet? Well, have you seen not, pictures of his feet? Uh, I've seen chicks feet in person. Those might be the ugliest feet in the history of mankind, for sure. Yeah, but they're big, so there's a yeah, trade-off. I no, I don't uh, know about all that. Like, you know, well, more I ugliness mean, to see. If you had, if you had twenty a size, I think he's a size twenty-two foot. Of course, those things are going to be ugly. Like, like you're going to need some kind of giant tree trimmer just to cut your toenails. <laughs> like that. Of course, Shaq's feet are are pretty gross. Uh, Gerald, I've. I've ranted too much about about oh, this. Man, I, I hit a nerve there. Ooh, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't. I don't know how to follow that. I'd probably take the free throws because it's not like I'm playing organized basketball right now. Anyway, <laughs> I still need my feet to be in decent condition. Um, I'd take his. I'd. 
I'd take his acting career over the music. Honestly, the music was that bad. I can't do it. That's two against one, Espo. I agree. I think the music was trash. Do you want me to shoot it? No. Do you want me to pass it? No. Come on, man. Hold on. Come on with better lyrics than that. Saul, they let you host a movie show on the the Fox Sports Arizona Podcast Network, and you just said you'd rather watch a Shaq movie? I think they need to take you off the real MVP. Well, uh, if you've ever listened to the real MVP, we really stretch out. And, and watch movies that nobody would ever want to watch. Thus, we will be watching Blue Chips probably this week. <laughs> I have I have listened, and uh, your opinion is about as good as the opinion you just gave on most films. Oh, so, damn, Espo. <laughs> what did I do to you this week, man? You have just been digging Dave, at me all Dave, day. Dave's not here, and I can't do oh, it to the no, guest. No, no, That'd no. just That's be not rude. This is going to go, buddy. That's not you know. Fire back, Carmel Thunder. I'm ready for it. <laughs> oh, well, I think, oh. I think that is a wrap on this week's on solar panel uh we're gonna land the plane after about an hour and 10 minutes a big thanks to our guest uh, if you remember back at the beginning of the show it was uh and literally an hour ago <laughs> it was Sharania <John laughs> of stadium and the athletic giving us some great insight into exactly how the chris paul deal came through his thoughts on jay crowder and a few other things from around the league check it out if you missed that again at the beginning of this episode if you haven't already head over to wherever you get podcasts subscribe to the show just search sun solar panel you'll find us there or suns if you're just adverse to typing a lot of letters into your search bar also like the fox sports arizona facebook page and, and join our youtube page R.I.P. as well r.i.p to espo's big board by the way I don't know what to that this week, but a lot of people upset that you didn't do a big board today. Well, look, I mean, myself included. So, sometimes when you when you have a guy like Shams, you got to give him the time, and I sacrificed the big board for five minutes of Shams, and I think everybody agrees that's the best trade in Sun Solar Panel history. There's oh, your Espo's big board. Yeah, look, look, I, even on the fly, I can give you a little. We'll bring it back next week. Oh uh, no, you, I totally agree. Espo is mailing it in. Yes, for sure. <laughs> That says the guy that had no image of the schedule ready when we were talking. You about sent me a schedule <laughs> image and I can't even download it off of your stupid Google form. This is on you, buddy, not me. Oh, and as always, as the show comes to an end, it goes completely off the rails, which is the fun of this. Look, I, I get it. The big board will be back next week. Maybe I'll do like a 25-minute Dave King kind of rant of a big board just so you all can get your fill. We'll have by the way, we never explained Dave is off today. Uh, <laughs> he had, there, all the Walmarts, all the Walmarts in the area were out of Geritol, so he had to drive to New Mexico to pick up his case. And and he could only do it on a Saturday morning. Sometimes uh, they run out of that John the hey, Conqueror route, man. You gotta hey, just look, rub it between the wrists. There you go. Hey, that's when when you're Dave's age, you gotta do whatever it takes to keep going. So so he is not here, but he will be back next week, we assume. Uh but but we were in good hands because we had Gerald Borget on the show. And Gerald, tell people to how to how to find you on Twitter because you were hacked, oh, and then you were a different person, and now oh, you're gosh. the same, and I don't even know anymore. So I never thought I'd get PTSD talking about a social media account, but like, <laughs> God, for six weeks, that like my identity was just somebody else's. It was a Fortnite streamer, and then it was a 
you know, somebody selling insider trader information in the United Arab Emirates, like my DMs are still filled with Arabic messages every day. Like, let's be honest, the, the crown prince of Abu Dhabi is, yeah. is, is in your DMs. I don't believe <laughs> it, but I still think I still think this was a giant scam to get all of us to pay attention to your Twitter. It's publicity. <laughs> I was bored in the off season and I needed friends. So <laughs> this is what I did. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Gerald Bourget. It's uh, it's finally my account again. Um, you can follow my burner at Borgay Gerald if you want. I'm not going to tweet from it anymore. Probably. Come on. We need the burner. We Worst burner ever. It's <laughs> literally a picture of my face with my name just backwards. It's not a good burner at all. <laughs> but yeah, you could follow me on either one, preferably the main one, because that's the one I'm going to actually use again. But uh, yeah, and you can read my work at uh, fansided.com slash NBA. Please do. I, I enjoy Gerald's work. And uh, you can find him at Saul underscore Bookman. His burner account is at Carmel Thunder. Uh, <laughs> I want to do one of those Costacos Brothers 80s posters of just you and and, and some ridiculous uh, costume yeah, that says Carmel Thunder. Absolutely. absolutely. And some explosions <laughs> going off in the background because you I, just need that. I feel merchandise, baby. And uh, there we go. And, and we got we got to make this a venture, you know. So some Carmel Thunder merch. You know, you know there, there's history behind that name. You know, when I was in Pop Warner, I was the only black kid on the entire team, and so I got the ball one time and I busted for like a 40 yard run. And coach was like, "Oh, Chocolate Thunder," and I was like, "Dude, I'm like half white, half black. What are you talking about, dog? <laughs> like, I'm both." So I took it in my own hands. I, your athletic career has been on full display today, so thank you for that. Saul. That's been speechless for about five seconds. I'll take it. I'll take I'm, it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say your your athletic career has been in full uh, full display. By the way, to the chat, yes, I saw all your comments about my athletic prowess, and no, I am not five one, and I, I was not a guard, as in I guarded the water. All right, He's five is, five with shoes on. Calm down. I am people. five nine. Thank you very much, and I weigh about as much as a power forward in the NBA. So take that as you will. So uh, <laughs> you can find me at Espo. You can find the, sun, the show at Sun Solar Panel. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can always follow all of the Fox Sports Arizona social channels. They're easy to find. Uh, we, we appreciate everybody at Fox Sports Arizona and the Fox Sports Arizona Podcast Network for Gerald. For Saul, I'm Greg Esposito, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Sun Solar Panel. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat the hell of a call. Oh, like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat the hell of a call. Like bling blow, ayy, gonna <laughs>